Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Right. Y'all doing all right? Yeah. All right. Come on, clap your hands one more time for Jesus. All right. want to thank you guys for coming to uh, Hope Haven Church, um, a church where we reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Um, we want to just give honor to God for being first in our life. Come on, let's celebrate him. And we're just grateful for an opportunity for all of us to come together and worship together. Um, as you guys know, we're in our season of Advent. And the Advent means to what? To wait for the coming of... There you go. Waiting for the coming of our Lord. Waiting for the coming of Jesus. All right. So we're closing out our series on today. Um, and we're going to be going right to the Word. Y'all know how I am. Um, so those of you that have your Bibles... Uh, turn with me to the book of Matthew, the second chapter. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, you can grab your phone. If you don't have your phone, you can grab your tablet. Uh, if you have an Android device, just meet us here on the screen. I'm going to say that every Sunday just to frustrate y'all so y'all get delivered and get an iPhone. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? All right, so I'm just going to read the text in its entirety. Well, yeah, we're going to be reading from verses uh, 1 through 12, and then we're going to go from there. You guys ready? All right. It says, And Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least amongst the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them exactly I'm sorry the exact time the star had appeared he sent to them Bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the child and as soon as you find him report to me so that I may I too may go and worship him after they had heard the king they went on their way and the star that had seen they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The title of this message, and I'll read that there, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route or route, depending on what part of Jersey you're from. The title of the message is Take Me to the King. Take Me to the King. Y'all like, what? If y'all didn't see Coming to America by now, y'all about to lose y'all car. Take Me to the King. All right. Book of Matthew, the first chapter, second chapter, we're dealing with Advent, which is what? Waiting for the coming of our king. But this is the problem we have here in Matthew, the second chapter, is that the waiting has ended. The king is here and the people don't even know it. And sometimes we're waiting for things when the answer is already right there in front of you. <laughs> Sometimes we're looking for God to show us some type of sign, some type of signal, some type of manifestation, when in all actuality, God already has the plan or whatever he has for you standing right there in front of you. But you're so blinded by your situation that you can't even see that God has already provided right there in front of you. Y'all with me? Anybody ever been in a situation where you were sitting there looking for something 
And then finally you looked and the keys were standing there right there in front of your face the whole time. Y'all ever been there? Uh, and you, you yelling at people, it, you know, keys will test your patience. You start blaming folks that ain't even in the house. They was here last Wednesday and I, I remember they looked at my keys and you just, you crazy. You just start going crazy. And they sitting right there evident in front of you. Well, right here, the Bible says that Jesus was already born in Bethlehem. But yet, we're going to read in the next few verses that the people that were expecting him did not even realize that he was already there. So what happens here is Jesus is born in Bethlehem of Judea during the time of King Herod. And Magi's from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Who is he the king of? So why are people from the east concerned about a king uh, that is not theirs? It did not say where is the king of kings. It did not say where is the Lord of lords. The question is where is the king of the Jews? So it's like me going into another country searching out a king when I already have a king in my country. Why do you have interests interests in a king that does not pertain to you? Y'all with me? Why do you have interests in the Jews king when you're not a Jew? You would think that his interest would be for his own people. So why do you have interest in a king that does not have interest for you? Does not say where is the savior? Does not say where is the son of God? Because if they said that, it would make sense on why they're searching him out. But their question is, where is the king of the Jews? So it's a hard question there is, why are three wise men from another country looking for the king of another country? Ooh, y'all with me? So let's see, where are they from? Where are these mad guys from? Y'all can, it's right there on the screen. The east, where are they from? The east. They're from the, I'm gonna keep saying it until y'all get it. The east, that's right, y'all gotta talk to me. They're from the east. These kings are from the east, but they come to the west side to see where the king of the west is. Why are you interested in the west when the east is over there? <laughs> y'all with me? Turn with me to the book of Genesis, the 25th chapter in the first verse. It's going to be a little dense. You know, I, I preached on genealogies, and I didn't want that podcast to go out, but y'all made me do it. So I don't know if this one's going to go out today. <laughs> y'all with me? Genesis 25 and 1. Y'all guys with me? Y'all with me? That's right. Y'all got to holler at me today. All right. Abraham, y'all with me? Abraham had taken what? Hold on. What was his wife's name prior to this one? And where's Sarah? She died. And Abraham got another wife. Y'all don't talk about this too much. We always talk about Abraham and Sarah and Abraham being 100 and Sarah being 90 and they having a baby. And we hear about that story. But did you know that Abraham had another wife? Yo. <laughs> and her name was Keturah. And she bore, meaning what? She had more children for Abraham, which means that Isaac was not the only son. Ishmael was not the only son. It tells us Abraham had more than two sons. Y'all with me? The first one's name is Zimran. The second one's name is Jokshan. The third one's name is Medan. The fourth one's name is Let's stop right there with Median. Moses had a father-in-law named Zipporah. You should know this. Jethro. <laughs> Jethro was a high priest of Midian. Midian is a son of. Ooh. And Midian taught Abraham how to sacrifice. Y'all with me? Midian had, and after Midian was, and after Ishbak was, and Jokshan, who's his second born, was the father of, 
and there was a queen who came to visit Solomon, who was the queen of, all right, and Dedan, and the descendants of Dedan were, uh-huh, and the, uh-huh, and the, you better read, Yasmin. <laughs> the sons of Midian were, uh-huh, and, uh-huh, 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 and all were the descendants of, who was the wife of, keep going, Abraham left everything he owned to, but while he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons of his, and sent them away from his son, to the land of the east. Who did he send to the land of the east? No, y'all, Lord. <laughs> Who did he send to the land of the east? All those other kids. He gave everything that he owned to who? But he gave gifts to the rest of the sons and sent them. Come on, come on, sent them. That's right, holla, sent them. That's right, sent them to the east. Are y'all with me? All right, I got to make some noise today. Sent them to the east. Now go back to Matthew 2 and 1. The Magi's came from where? And what was in the east? Abraham's other sons. And what was his question? Where are the kings of the? The Jews are the descendants of Abraham. They were looking for their king. <laughs> Woo! So watch this. Y'all like, nah, 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 that's the Israelites. No, the Israelites are one branch. I ain't trying to get too deep today. The Israelites were the descendants of Jacob. But Abraham had other sons that he sent to the east. And they saw a star for not only the king or for the God of Israel, but they also seen a star for the God of their father, Abraham, too. So they had interest because that star was their salvation, too. Y'all with me? Y'all with, with me? So, so Israel is standing here under a star and don't even recognize it. They're saying we're waiting on Advent and Jesus is right there. And some of us are looking for a miracle, but Jesus is right here. And sometimes it takes an outsider, help me Jesus, to show you how blessed you are because you don't even recognize the light shining right over your head. Sometimes people have to remind you how blessed you are. You sit here complaining and you got a family. You sit here complaining and you might not have all the money you want, but God, his grace has been sufficient. You might not have all the finances and all the cars and all the jobs, but everything you need, God has supplied. And there's somebody from afar saying, where is your king? And you don't even know it. You don't even know how favored you are. That sometimes God has to bring people from the outside to remind you of how blessed you are. And sometimes God has to send you places to show you how blessed you are. Maybe some of us need to live under a hut in Haiti one day to see how blessed we are. Maybe some of us need to live under the scorching desert somewhere in, in East Africa so we can see how blessed we are. Maybe some of us need to live in the Congo or in one of some other what they call third world country to see how blessed we are. And meanwhile, they're looking from afar, looking at the grace bestowed upon us. And we have the audacity to complain over commercialism and over consumerism and over I don't have enough gifts and I can't give this person that and I can't give no person that. And their gift is salvation. They're celebrating that they're saved on today. They're celebrating that they have their sight. They're celebrating that they can eat. They're celebrating that they're alive. They're celebrating that there's no food, but God has given them another day to live. And sometimes God's star is shining on us and we don't even know it. God showed them through his prophecy how he was going to come. And they had all this prophecy and still didn't catch on. 
how Jesus was going to come. Don't believe me? Can I show you? Go to Numbers 24 and 17. Am I talking too much? Y'all with me? Is this making sense? Numbers 24 and 17. Where's Numbers at? Old Testament? All right, you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Sister Leah, I hear you. Old Testament, which tells us what? That this was written centuries before Jesus. Centuries before Jesus, this text was written. And what does it say here? I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of, who is Jacob? What's his other name? Israel. And where was the star? In, number, in, in Matthew 2, Jerusalem, which was in the land of Israel. A star will come out of Israel. Y'all with me? A scepter shall rise out of He will crush the foreheads of Moab and the skulls of the people of Sheth. It shows us centuries prior that a star was going to show up. And the prophet says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. Whoo! How many of you can have hope on a promise that you may not live to see? How many of you would be all right if God fulfilled his promise and you might not be able to live to see it? Y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all, see, see, this is the problem, y'all. A lot of times we're only concerned about our generation. But sometimes we have to be like, you know what? This thing that God is going to do is going to be bigger and better after me. And Moses had to have the confidence of knowing that I'm not, I may not see it. But the fact that I know he's coming gives me enough joy to rejoice that somebody from my descendant, from my bloodline, will experience what I saw. Mm. It reminds me of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, March on Washington, 1963. He said, what? I have a dream. April 4th, 1968, he's assassinated. And he never got to see the dream. But he had a dream. And he was confident in knowing that I may not get there. He says that at the end. But he's confident that I may not see it. But the fact that my children will inherit it is enough to satisfy me. Mm, y'all with me? So now go back to Matthew 2 and 1. I, I got support working today. Matthew 2 and 1. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Y'all really with me? All right. It says, after Jesus was born, where? And during the time of Magi's came from the, from Jerusalem, came to and asked, where is the one who is to be born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When the king heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Y'all with me? All he had to hear was the name of Jesus. And it disturbed him. Y'all, y'all missed it. You want to disturb your enemy? All you got to do is call on the name. Oh, y'all quiet in here. Anybody ever been in a situation where you just called on the name and things got under control? You know why? It's because you disturbed the enemy. And all he did, all they did was say his name. They didn't even say his name. They said a king. And Herod got disturbed. Because when Jesus shows up, he disturbs all enemies. Can I go a step further? Y'all with me? He called them to go. Hold on, go back up. After Jesus was born in Judea, during the king of Herod, the Magi from the east came and said, where is Jesus, the one who's born of the king of the Jews? When he saw his star, when we saw his star, when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, y'all with me? When he what? I'm talking slow today, but I promise you I'll speed it up in a minute. When he? How can he hear? Unless they was making some noise. Yeah. 
man, I tell you, if, I'm telling you, if I was in a Pentecostal church right now, this right here, I could just stop right there. That, that right there, just that's all I needed right there. And so y'all ain't really sick. Just right there, somebody should have threw it something in the air. Oh, they were making so much noise. Watch this. They were making so much noise that it got the king's attention. Meaning that they didn't just come into Jerusalem silently. They came into Jerusalem saying, where is this king? Y'all quiet. When you hear about Jesus and when you see Jesus showing up in somebody's life, there should be some noise. Y'all quiet. There's a difference between worship and praise because worship can be done quietly. But praise has to be done with some noise, which tells me that these three men did not just come into Jerusalem, but they came into Jerusalem with some praise. That's why the Bible says, let everything that have breath, y'all quiet in here. What? Praise the Lord. Y'all quiet. When you praise God, you got to open your mouth. Do I got any praises in here on the day? I know we're a little quiet right now, but is there anybody here that I worship him? I worship him in spirit and truth, but every once in a while, I got to open my mouth and let the king know I recognize that your presence is in this place. Somebody make some noise for Jesus. So these men made so much noise that it got the king's attention. And the king said, who is this king y'all talking about? He's all the way in on his throne. He's in a palace. He's dealing with the matters of other nations. But some wise men came from the east and made so much noise about this king that it reached the throne into his palace and into his ear. Whoa. When was the last time you made so much noise about Jesus that somebody that didn't know him said, who is he? When was the last time you made so much noise about Jesus that it opened up a door for you to evangelize to them? When was the last time you made so much noise about Jesus that somebody said, tell me more? When was the last time you made so much noise about Jesus that folks says, man, I need to know who this Jesus is. The Bible says in the book of Acts that they made so much noise in the prison and the gates opened up and the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? Church, y'all, we got to make some noise about Jesus. We can't keep this to ourselves. We got to learn how to open our mouth and acknowledge him whenever he does great things in our life. So they, they start making noise. And King, Rod, King Herod heard this and was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. Y'all with me? Watch this. Next verse. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Are y'all with me? Who did he call? The chief priests and who else? The teachers of the law, and he asked them, huh? What did he ask them? Where's the Messiah to be born? Y'all with me? And Bethlehem of Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. Stop right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Hold on. You're telling me you got the word? You're telling me you know where he's located? And you haven't looked for yourself? Y'all missing it. They know where Jesus is. It's in the book. And yet they don't go look for him. Are y'all with me? The king grabs his check, grabs the chief teachers and the priest and says, show me where Jesus is. They go in the Bible. They find Jesus. But they don't look for Jesus. It's like a bunch of us quoting scripture, but not living scripture. You can tell me all about the Bible, but you don't apply it for your personal life. Y'all quiet up in here. I can ask you all about all types of things in the Bible and you all types of subjects and you master the Bible. But you don't master knowing him. And these what this shows us is it shows us the power of religiosity with no relationship. 
that some folks know the book, but don't know him. Could you imagine me saying, Zippor, where is Jesus? You got a book of where he is, and you don't get up and run to go see him for yourself. This is the, this is the savior that you've been waiting for since the fall of Adam. And now the scripture shows you where he is and you don't get up and go walk to find your salvation. You're quiet. Can I go a step further? Some of us going through, right? I'm just going through a little bit, something, 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 something. something. You know, none of our business, but you know, you got a little something popping on right now. What if I told you the answer's in the book? Hmm. And what if I asked you how often have you looked at that book this week? Oh, it's so quiet in here. You, you can hear a rat licking on ice. It is quiet up in here. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And you just walk right past your Bible. What is going on with my life? And you ain't even opened your Bible this week. Oh, my God. And you have not even searched the scriptures for a solution. But if I ask everybody to get up here and quote a scripture, I can do all things through Christ. That's true. You better go ahead. Now do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Y'all get what I'm saying? We can quote it, but do we chase it? Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above above, uh, all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Are you using the power in you to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ask or think? So what we have come is we've become masters of quoting scripture but not masters of applying scripture. So now the savior of the world is in the earth and you have the scripture to find him and you use it to help an outsider find him rather than find him for yourself. (laughs) Are y'all with me? Y'all with me? For this is what the prophet has written. Now they start quoting Micah. Micah 5 and 2 if y'all want to find out where the scripture is. Keep going. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. But you, what land? Bethlehem, in the land of Judah. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of are by no means least amongst the rulers of, meaning that you're a small city, but don't think ain't no power coming out of where you come from. I know Jerusalem's a big city. I know Samaria's a big city, but I got plans for Bethlehem. You with me? I have plans for Bethlehem. It's small, but I have plans for Bethlehem. I've always had plans for Bethlehem. Book of 1 Samuel, God says, I have found a king after my own heart. And he tells Samuel to go into the hills of the land of Bethlehem of Judah. And you will find a shepherd or you will find one of the sons of Jesse. And he goes through seven sons and none of them were it. But there was one boy that he kind of left to the side because he's a little off. He's writing Psalms about being a shepherd, the Lord being his shepherd and all that weird stuff. And, all, and, and I, through all of the sons, the weird one was the one that God chose. And it was from that little land of Bethlehem that one of the greatest kings of the Old Testament was born. And then God gives him a promise. It says, through your lineage, someone from your bloodline 
will sit upon the throne forever. So now God revisits his word and says, I'm coming back to Bethlehem. Carrie about to make me shout. Bethlehem, Beth, Beth, B-E-T-H, ain't a friend, ain't Elizabeth, no, Beth means house. Beth El, El God, house of God. So Jacob goes to the land of Bethel and he wrestles with the angel. He goes to the house of God. Uh-huh. Bethel, house of God. This is called Bethlehem. Okay. Y'all with me? Ham bread. House of bread. This is the land of the house of bread. It is going to be out of the house of bread that I will present you the bread of heaven. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? For I am the bread of life. So in order for the bread of life to be produced, he had to be birthed out of a house of bread. Y'all quiet in here? And it takes a while to process some bread. So what did he do? Was he threw some dough in the oven of the house of bread. And the dough was David. And after time and after the heat and after the fire and after tumultuous situations and after the Assyrians and after the Babylonians and after everything, the bread was cooking. Y'all missing it. When folks said Jerusalem was over, the bread was cooking. Uh, when, When Samuel or when Solomon made mistakes, the bread was cooking. When they destroyed the temple, the bread was cooking. But now we get to Matthew 2 and the bread has been prepared. So now, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means amongst the rulers of Judah. You seem small, but I've been cooking in you the whole time. Can I tell y'all something? It seems like God is doing nothing, but God is cooking you right now. And folks is looking at you and they fail to understand you ain't going through nothing but your own little process. But in due season, your bread will be cooked and you will be presented. So it says, by no means, least amongst the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Why did he want to know the exact time? So he could figure out exactly how old Jesus was. So I need to know the exact time. So I need so I can do a census of everybody in that age group and find out which one is he amongst them so I can kill them, kill him. So the Bible says in a couple verses later that Herod kills everyone from Judah from ages and because they gave him the exact time that they saw the star. Am I talking too much today? Is this too much? (laughs) Keep going. He sent them to Bethlehem. Hold on, can I go a step further real quick? This is what this happened when you read all week. Y'all with me? The prophet said he would be born where? Bethlehem. And they followed a star to Jerusalem. Why would God lead them to Jerusalem if Jesus was in Bethlehem map. (laughs) Why would he lead them here when the star is over this city? (laughs) Did Jesus get it? Did God get it wrong? No. He took him two things. They went to Jerusalem because they knew that that's where the king sat. So the reason why they went to Jerusalem was because in their mind, they just knew that the king would be sitting on the throne when he got there. 
So they skip Bethlehem because they automatically assume in their mind, well, if the king is born and we've seen his star, that star must be over Jerusalem. So they went to Jerusalem to look for the king. And what they did was they end up disturbing the king that was in place. And the reason why God sent them to Jerusalem was to send a message to the enemy that Jesus was here. Now go back to the second verse. So, y'all with me today? Yeah. All right, it's a lot of stuff. I know, I know, I know. Y'all, y'all with me? As soon as you find him, and then he said he sent them to Bethlehem. Said, "Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may go." And what? He lying. He want to go and kill him. After they had heard the king. They went on their way, watch this, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So they got to Jerusalem and the star disappeared. But when they got back to looking for Jesus, the star reappeared. What does that tell you? It tells you that God will always shine when you're on a mission to find him. As long as you're looking for Jesus, a light will always shine. And the reason why there's darkness and the reason why you can't see your way out is because you're following your intentions, but you're not following Jesus. Man, this is good. I, I'm going to keep this for myself. When I follow Jesus and I follow his will, and I follow his way, and I follow his plan, he always shines. But when I try to do my thing, and when I try to follow my ideas, and when I try to follow my thoughts, I always end up in darkness. You might be in darkness because you ain't following Jesus. You're following your plan. I'm gonna do this in 2019. This is gonna be my plan. Not once have you consulted with God. Amen. Not once have you prayed for direction. Amen. Not once have you said, God, lead my steps, order my steps. You got up and said, I'm going to do it this way, and I don't care how it's going to be. And guess what? You just keep hitting wall after wall. And the reason why we don't want to follow the light is not because it's hard to find, but it's because we don't like the journey it's taken us. I don't want to go through dry places. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to deal with that. I don't like where that's leading me. I'd rather go that way. The grass is greener over there. It looks like there's money over there. It looks like I can get a relationship over here. But you showing me, God, if I go this way, I might be single for another two, three years. Mm. Y'all know, you know, I see a star, but you showing me, I might have to work at this job for another. <laughs> and, and you don't like where the star is leading you. So you start following other stars. So as soon as they went and searched, the star reappeared. Well, y'all with me? The star that they had seen back on the east reappeared and rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where Jesus was. And I'm going to close here. Keep going. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. When they saw Jesus, a praise broke out. Amen. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. Watch this. <laughs> they didn't get stuck on his age. What are they looking for? A king. Now imagine God leading you somewhere and you see this little six month old. And God is like, this is your king. There's a struggle. There's a struggle for me, you telling me Daria is my queen. There's a, there's a struggle for God to tell me, you better pray, Samantha. 
I'm like, look, look, Jesus, she don't even know my name. <laughs> like, this is, this is what they're, but they don't get caught up in the package. They get caught up in the purpose. And sometimes God will put you in front of things just to see how you'll react when you see it. Mm. And what happens is you look at the appearance. Oh, my God. Can I go a step further real quick? Can I go a step further? Can I go, can, can, can I go like a little deep? Can I go a little deep? All right. Some of y'all going to go my, 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 my stole me. All right. Carrie, are you with me? What did the Bible say in the New Testament that Jesus would look like in the Old Testament? Oh, Lord. Isaiah? No, no, no. That's the Revelations. What would he look like in Isaiah? He would be basically a comely, basic looking man. Meaning that his appearance is not going to draw you. How can you come unless you're drawn by what? The spirit. So it's going to take spirit to look beyond the physical and understand the depthness of who he was. I'm going to get in some real trouble. I'm going to get in some real trouble here. I'm getting some real trouble. All right. Y'all ready? Mary was about, y'all got me talking today. Mary was about 13 when she had Jesus. I'm putting this in perspective for y'all. Mary's about 13. Mm-hmm. 13, 12 or 13. So Jesus was 33 when he died, which would make his mother how old? 46. Just so I can put y'all in perspective so y'all, you know, you start talking about y'all age and stuff. She was 46 with a 33-year-old. Can I go a step further? Jesus used her, why? Because she could receive by faith his word. And she had never been touched by any other man. So no one else could try to even claim what God had did in her because she was pure, she was young. Ah! And she was comely. How do you know, Pastor? Because Jesus was half spirit and half flesh. And if his DNA was spirit and her DNA was flesh, then his physical appearance would have to be completely his mother's. So if Jesus was comely, his mama had to be comely. Y'all like, no, I'm struggling with that. No, 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 no. Those pictures I seen, she's no, 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 no. We have so this is a 13-year-old girl who's a comely young girl, who's a virgin, who has never been touched. And she receives this revelation from God and she conceives by faith because she believes. Mm. And now she has this small, tiny baby with her. And these men have to look beyond her and the baby to see God. What does that tell us? It tells us that sometimes we're too caught up in the appearance to see God. What are you saying, Joe? What are you saying? What I'm saying is sometimes you look at circumstances and you base anointing based off of how things look. Oh, God can't be there. They're in a satellite church building in Woodbury. It looks this way, but God is here. And you're missing God driving past because you don't like the appearance but he manifests himself here every Sunday but because you can't see beyond what you see you miss the revelation 
I need a cathedral. I need stained glass ceilings. I need stained glass windows. I need pulpits. I need chairs. I need a hundred people in a choir. I need guitars, drums, microphones, all that. And you have all that, but you have no presence. And too many times we miss God because we're caught up in appearance. I got to close. They bowed down. Forget the fact that this is a 13-year-old girl. Forget the fact that at this point she's a spouse to Joseph. And there's some controversy. I look beyond that and I understand that if God shined over this, I can't judge it. I got to worship. And they look beyond the circumstance and they worship. And then they open their treasures and presented him with. Watch this. What came first, the worship or the gift? better preach up in here <laughs> my worship is more important than my gift y'all missing it up ahead too many times we are caught up in our gifts but have no worship oh they can preach they can sing but can they worship and before they present anything to Jesus they worship him and then they present him with treasures. They presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How many gifts? Three. And we, because, we, we assume because there's three gifts, there was three wise men. Bible never said it was three of them. It just said they were from the east. It does not say there that there was three wise men. It just says that men came and bought three gifts. And they bought gold. They bought frankincense. And they bought myrrh. Why? They bought gold because gold symbolizes royalty. They bought frankincense because frankincense symbolizes divinity. And they bought myrrh because myrrh symbolizes death. He'll be our king. He is our God. And he will die on the cross and rise again so we can have eternal life. Now, do I know whether or not they knew exactly what they were doing? No. But sometimes God will allow you to present a gift that you don't even understand the significance of it. Oh, I'm just singing. You don't even recognize your singing is drawing somebody to Christ. Oh, I'm just preaching. Oh, you don't even realize that somebody's listening to that podcast in Japan. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just setting up chairs. You don't recognize that you're setting up a chair for a sinner that's going to come in here in the next few weeks and give their life to God. Oh, I'm just a door greeter. You don't know that your smile on your face just stops somebody from committing suicide when they walk through those doors this morning. You never understand the power of your gift. So what you need to do is worship and present your gift because your gift is doing things that you don't even recognize that it's doing. I'm going to close here. Three points. Be aware. I, I say blessings, but we can take that S off. Be aware of the blessing around you. Because the blessing is Jesus. Y'all with me? For my God shall supply all my needs. My what? Needs. Say it again. Take that S off. The scripture says need. Not needs. Y'all didn't know that, did y'all? Go look at it. My God shall supply all my need. Because you only need one thing. You only need Jesus. <laughs> Seek ye first the kingdom of and then all other things will be added unto for my God shall supply all my according to his and all those other things he is my need and he shall supply his riches and glory 
Y'all with me? So be aware that sometimes while you're complaining, the blessing is sitting right there in front of your face. Number two, let Jesus be your guide. Stop following your own star. You're going, you're, you're going to dim out. Follow his star. Even when you don't like the journey. He will get you there. And he'll get you to the proper assignment. Number three. Our worship is what? More important than our gifts. Our gifts are necessary. But before we present any gifts, we should also make sure that our worship is for real. Make sure our worship is sincere. And those that worship him shall worship him how? In spirit and in praise God. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Thank y'all for hanging in there with me during this series of Advent. I hope you guys got something out of this four-week series. Father, we thank you for the word on today, God. We thank you, Lord, for this series of Advent, God. God, we're still waiting. And God, we're waiting with patience. We're waiting with anticipation. We're waiting with praise. And God, we thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. We ask God that you touch every single person in this room, name by name, one by one, God. God, supply all of our need. And God, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done throughout this year. We thank you, Lord, for all the ups and downs of 2018, God, because through it all, it has taught us many lessons. And God, it has taught us traps that we will avoid in 2019. It's taught us who our real friends were. It's taught us who was really on our side, God. And although some things may have hurt, through it all, God, there's been a lesson learned. And we thank you. God, keep us during the course of this week. God, keep us through the course of the rest of this year. And God, we give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. All Thank right. you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go2hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.